0: So tonight saints of God, I want to talk to you about activated by prophecy tonight I'm uh, uh, as I'm teaching this it, tonight is Thursday September the second and I'll be teaching from chapter seven of my book and it's based upon the scripture 1, 1 Corinthians 1312 For now we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face. Now I know in part then I shall understand fully even as I have been fully understood. And in the in chapter seven of my book entitled Man in the Mirror Creating a More Authentic Version of You, I I entitle this chapter The Voice of Prophecy, the and activating the and being activated by prophecy. Because prophecy will will activate your understanding. And prophecy is always active, but we need to become aligned with God's word of prophecy amen and prophecy speaks to people of all generations in all walks of life and I want you to become activated by prophecy in these last days more than ever before never in my life have I seen uh, you know heard so much noise and so much confusion and there are so many voices and so many of the voices are conflicting what we hear in social media, what we hear in the news, what you know, what we hear in our walks in life, and there's so much information and and it's and there's very little synergy in the information it's very difficult for us to decipher or you know to discern the truth from that which is not true and tonight, I want you to learn how to trust god's voice more than any other voice. And to trust in God's word, because God's word is truth, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through His word, and allow the Spirit of God to show you what is true, and that which is not true. Because when you hear so many conflicting voices, it often causes anxiety in our lives. Even if it's regarding the news and the data around COVID-19 and the the vaccines and, and, and so on and so on, and even the war in Afghanistan over these last 20 years, you know that there's so much conflicting information that it often causes anxiety in our in our lives, and what I want you to do what I want you to be open to is the voice of prophecy and to allow prophecy to become so active and so much a part of your life that as you are filled with God's word, prophecy will automatically become activated, and you will learn how to trust the, the voice of God more than your own voice and even more than the voice. Of, of of all the voices that you hear around you. Amen? And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the word of prophecy. And we're also going to talk about what's taking place in these end of days. So I wanted to share a, a few things with you. And, I, and Sister Jamila, thank you so much for posting posting the links here. There are several ways you can connect with us. And and um, the ministry, I call this ministry Destined for Torah. You can connect with us through DestinedforTorah.com. Uh, replace the middle uh it's not the word four but the number four in the middle so there's destinfatora.com. you can connect with my author page on amazon amazon.com slash author slash sanjay prachapati you can go you can find us on instagram at destinfatora, and even on facebook right here with with, with the name destinfatora 2 the number two at the end and on youtube.com Uh, slash c slash Destin fatora and anchor.fm slash Destin fatora where you can find all the different ways you can watch us I mean you can listen to us through the various podcast services such as Spotify and Apple and Google and the many many others that are available so I just want to share that information with you so you, you can you can catch up on previous week's teachings you can watch or listen to the replays and really just allow yourselves to be filled with the word amen and I'll also like to thank Dr. Michelle Corral, who, uh, uh, who's my pastor, and who, who, and who has sponsored these services. So as we get started tonight, and you know we're living in very confusing times, very complicated times, um, and, and and it's really come to a point of escalation. And one of the, one of the things I've been asking the Holy Spirit over these last several weeks is I don't want to just teach w- without really the Lord making an impact upon your lives. I mean, I really want this to be a relevant word, a word that will speak to you and and to really help you process the pain, the anxiety, and all that you're going through right now. Because we should not be in a state of confusion. We should not be in a state of escalated stress, but we should be at peace. And to know that we are in God's will and to know that God is really directing all the events that are taking place in human history. And the suffering and, and the pains and the birth pains that we're experiencing right now in the world should should not be something that's strange to us. And I want to quote some of the rabbinic authority here. And I want to I want to read a, I want to read something that was taught by the, the the rabbi that was known as the Mamamides. And he said, "When suffering is visited upon us, we are commanded to cry out and awaken our people with the sound of the shofar." everyone must be alerted to examine his or her life and commit to greater adherence to Torah and to mitzvot. And I'll explain that in a moment. is warned that if we regard the tragedies that befall us simply as the way of the world, natural happenings, then we will be guilty of cruelty. And when we first look at that, you go, what, what is Mamadi's talking about? What is the Rambam talking about when he, when he talks about treating the events and the suffering in this world as mere coincidence or happenstance, that one that believes that is guilty of cruelty? And the answer to that question is really in, in regards to our pain and suffering is that nothing in life is mere coincidence. And there is no such word in Hebrew, in, in the Biblical Hebrew language, there is no such word for, for coincidence. But all these events that take place are really a call from heaven for us to examine our lives, to abandon our old ways and to change. And, and in, 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 in the midst of this height of cruelty in the world, it's really, a, it's not happenstance, but it, it is a call to righteousness it is a call to humility it is a call to repentance and in these last days you know the, the days that we're living in jesus described them in matthew 24 and as we the clo- the last days are very similar to a mother's birth pains and the birth pains at first and the contractions at first are very far in between but the closer it gets to the mother's delivery date the more intensified and the more frequent the birth pains are until the delivery takes place and what we are living in right now are the birth pangs of the coming of the Messiah and and I and I want all of you to know that this is not coincidence because what the events that we are seeing in the world what we have seen taking place in Afghanistan what we've seen with the, with with, with the withdrawal of American troops in Afghanistan and and the Allied troops, what we are seeing are the birth pangs of Messiah. And all these things must take place, and these events will lead to the coming of Messiah. And as these events continue to escalate, the day is going to come where the, the, the Bride, the Bride of Christ, the Church, will be caught up into the sky, to meet her bridegroom, Christ Jesus the Messiah, that we we the bride the bride of Christ, will meet the bridegroom who is Christ Jesus in the sky and then the seven year tribulation period will be will begin and Antichrist, the son of Perdition, will be revealed in the earth. he's already present, the spirit of Antichrist is already present as we learn about in the Joian epistles so we're already living in these days but he, he will fully be revealed into the world after the, after the church is revealed and at the end of that seven-year tribulation period we will return with Christ Jesus the Messiah and he will make war against the antichrist and 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 that will usher in the thousand-year reign of Christ as we read about in the book of Revelation but i want you to know that the events that are taking place they're not they're not going to they are not going to calm down they're actually going to continue to increase and I'm, I'm and i'm not giving you this word to discourage you but i'm giving you this word so you know what time we you are living in that we are living in and know that the time of Christ draweth nigh amen and so and this is a time that it's a call to repentance it, you know uh, um 20 years ago on 9/11 we, we all we, many of us can remember what took place on 9/11 2001 with the bombing of you know with, with the attacks at at the twin towers and what, what took place and really everything changed on that date i mean the world has not been the same since 9 11 2001 with the attack that was orchestrated by bin laden and 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 that began our days in afghanistan and was and it all these events took place during the hebrew month of elal That is the month that we are currently in right now. And even what has taken place with the escalation and the removal of troops and civilians from Afghanistan has also taken place on a lull 20 years later. This is not coincidence. And these events are taking place during a lull. During the the lull of 9-11, because the month of a lull is a call for repentance. It's a call for all of us to repent. It's a call of the nations to repent. But the repentance that took place during 9-11, 2001, was a very short-lived repentance. It was very short-lived. It did not last. It probably lasted, I don't know, maybe a few months. But shortly after, you know, the, the coldness returned. And even now, with what has taken place and what is currently taking place, I'm asking, are, are we repenting? Are we on our faces before God? Are we interceding for this world? Are we interceding for souls? Because the month of Elul is a month of self-examination. It's a month of repentance. And, and my cry to all of you today is that, you, that you, you, no longer, you don't give your lives over to lukewarmness, but you surrender your lives to God wholeheartedly amen it's not business as usual anymore the warfare has intensified and god has called us to surrender to him amen and so i want to just talk to you before i talk about my book and you know talk about being activated by prophecy because uh, I, i want to talk to you about the events that took place during 9 11 and again all these things that are taking place these are all the birth pangs that lead to the coming of christ jesus the messiah and I truly believe that we are living in the generation that will experience the rapture and also the second coming of Christ Jesus. And at another time, I'll go into more detail and, and even more of my personal opinion. But it's something that I would prefer to do in a more in in, in a live setting in, in in an in-person setting. But as we are living in these days, I want to talk to you about what took place during nine eleven. I really believe that nine eleven two thousand one was really the beginning of the end of the last of days. And really, it was a call of repentance for for the church to repent. But you know what? The church today, I've noticed, is colder than ever. But th- there is a remnant that is rising up, and it's a remnant that's truly going to learn how to live uh, and abide and, and, and really just activate spiritual warfare. Amen? Now, during 9-11, and you know, I usually don't focus on numbers when I when I teach... But there's a number that I really want to focus on tonight because I really believe the Spirit of God has been speaking to us through this number. You know, it, I don't believe it was a coincidence that the attack that took place at the Twin Towers took place on 9-11, on July. I'm sorry, not July, on September 11th. And what's more significant than even the 9-11 is that it took place during the Hebrew month of Elul, the month that is a call is a call from God to repentance. And there are so many messages in 9-11 that have the number 11 in it. For example, the date 9-11, September 11th on our American calendars, it has, has an 11 in it. The twin towers that stood by side resemble the number 11. The towers had 110 floors, one, one, zero. You drop the zero, you have 11. another 11. September 11th, was the 254th day of the year. 2 plus 5 plus 4 equals what? You guessed it, 11. The flight number of the first plane to hit the towers was 11. There were 92 passengers on board. 9 plus 2 is equal to what? 11. 65 passengers were aboard the second flight. Once again, we have 6 plus 5, we have another 11. The American Airlines flight, which crashed into the Pentagon, was airborne for 92 minutes before it crashed. Again, we see another 11, 9 plus 2, in the 92 passengers. The United Airlines flight, which crashed, crashed into Shanksville, Pennsylvania, had 38 passengers. Guess what? 3 plus 8 is equal to 11. Shanksville, the site of the crash, had 11 letters. New York City has 11 letters. Afghanistan has 11 letters. Saudi Arabia, which is the birthplace of bin Laden, has 11 letters. The Pentagon has 11 letters. The term 11th hour connotates crisis. Again, we have another 11. 911 is often used as a call for help. And so what does this have to do with our lives? It all ties with the Hebrew month of Allah. This is the month of the battle cry. This is the month month of crying out to God. This is the month of crying out to God for forgiveness. This is the month that we cry out to God in repentance. There are so many 11s here on 9-11 that, I mean, I I, I personally cannot call these coincidence. There's, there's just too many repeating numbers here. And God, in His mercy, not only revealed it on the Hebrew calendar, He also revealed it to us on our Western calendar and even the names of cities and even in the count of passengers, we see all these repeating uh, uh, 11s. Amen? And the the events of 9-11 took place on the 23rd day of the Hebrew month of Elam. So that was September 11th in 2001, but on the Hebrew calendar, it was the 23rd day of the Hebrew month of Elul. well guess what there's there's another a message here another 11 here we have 23rd right the date is the 23rd of Elul. 2 plus 3 is equal to what 5 and Elul is what month on the hebrew calendar it's the sixth month of the hebrew calendar you take 2 plus 3 plus 6 and what do we get we get another 11 and what does this mean to us and how should we how should we respond to it and really, this is a call of God. Again, I'm going to say this, I may say this over and over again. Um, the Hebrew month for repentance, return to God, is the word teshuva. And teshuva has the numerical value because in Hebrew, the numbering system and the lettering system is the same. So the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the letter Aleph. It can either mean the letter Aleph or it can mean the number one. The second letter is the letter bet. It can mean the letter bet or it can mean the 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 number 2 because it, you just have to take the the letters in con within the within context. And so what we see here is the, the Hebrew word for repentance, return to God is to teshuva and the numerical value is 713. That's 7 plus 1 plus 3. And once again what do we get, we get another 11. So even in the word teshuva we have the number 11 and it's a call to repentance. And I'm really and I'm encouraging all of you don't get caught up between political lines whether you're whether you're you know whether you're on the left whether you're on the right you know it's not my goal tonight to even go there tonight but but I am I believe God is calling all of us to repentance and he's calling us to righteousness. Amen. And you know, the, the, these are days where God is calling us to Himself. You know, the numerical value of the Hebrew word for Rachel, Amenu, which is uh, 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 the matriarch Rachel. In Hebrew, we say we say Rachel Ra- Ra- Amenu, Mother Rachel, is the number. The numerical value of that fra- of Mother Rachel in Hebrew is three hundred and thirty-five. Three plus five. Three plus three plus five equals eleven. And there's a scripture that says, uh, uh, from Jeremiah thirty one fourteen through 17, and it's Rachel, her voice is raised on high, wailing and bitter weeping. Rachel is crying for her children. Amen? She refuses to be consoled, for her children are gone. And even in her name, we, 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 get, we get the sum of the numerical, numerical value of her name to be equal to 11. And Rachel, who's crying out in, 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 in agony, and because her children are not representing the deaths that took place and the exiles that took place with her descendants, the children of Israel, even as they were exiled to Babylon, as they were exiled in the four exiles, and even as the uh, all the, the 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 babies were 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 murdered by King Herod when he was trying to crucify the Christ child Jesus, and 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 even the crying out that goes out for all that were lost during 9 nine eleven and all that were lost even in, in this month, during the month of allah in Afghanistan. This is not mere coincidence, but this is a call to repentance. Amen? And I just want you all to know that what, the days that we are living in are not days of coincidence, but these are days where calamities will continue to increase. And we just know that the, the, the more they increase, the nearer we draw to the second coming of Christ, and prior to the coming of Christ, we have the rapture where the church of Jesus Christ will be caught up into the air to meet to meet the bridegroom. And also to let you know about, in, in the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7, verses 7 through 9. And I'll go ahead and read these verses here before we get into the teaching on my book. And it says, after this, again, it's Daniel chapter 7, verse 7. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, it devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, There came up among them another little horn, whom before there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool, his throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. And what we want to see here is uh we, we see the fourth beast. You all see that? We see the fourth beast in Daniel chapter 7 verse 7. It begins with and behold a fourth beast. Now, in order to understand this prophecy and it and it ties in to the, to Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the interpretation of this dream and even this vision here is that there were, there were going to be four exiles of the Jewish people and Jesus teaches us that salvation is of the Jews so to really understand salvation we need to understand the experiences of the Jewish people and the exile the exile of the Jewish people the first exile is that was the exile was the Babylonian exile when the Jews were exiled to Babylon the southern kingdom was was sent into exile and so that's the first exile, and that's the first beast. The second exile is known as the exile of the Medes and the Persians. And and Queen Esther actually became a queen in, in, in that empire. So that's the second exile, the second beast. The third exile is the Greek exile, which began with Alexander the Great. And after Alexander died, his four generals took over that kingdom, and it was split to four different kingdoms. And we celebrate Hanukkah. As an as, as part of our victory over this the um, over, over the Greeks, that's the third that's the third beast, the fourth exile is the Roman exile, and the Roman exile, it, it was the fourth empire that ruled over the Jewish people, and we are currently under the Roman exile today. And and that really is the 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 rising of the of Western culture. It's the it, it it's um the, it was the Romans that destroyed the temple, the Second Temple in Jerusalem, and and that is the exile that we're currently living in. That exile will not end until Christ Jesus the Messiah returns and He establishes His kingdom upon the earth. So that's the exile that we're living in right now, and every exile has a certain temptation. You know the the um the first exile represents the lust for power the second exile of the medes and persians is really an is an exile of lust and if you look at esther chapter 1 and the first few chapters of of esther you see there's an there's an there's so much overindulgence i mean there's so many feasts so many drunken feasts that are taking place there's just everyone seems to, seems to be consumed with worldly pleasure then the third exile is the Greek exile, and we even live in the Greek exile today as well, because the Greek exile is is really the exile of knowledge. But it's not the good form of knowledge; it's a knowledge that that replaces godly knowledge, the knowledge of God's word, replaces the knowledge of God's word word with with worldly wisdom. And of course, that's where we get Aristotle, Aristotle, Socrates, and all the the the, the leaders of western philosophy so that that's the third exile the fourth exile that we are in right now is the roman exile and one of the temptations in the roman exile and i'm not speaking about italy i'm not speaking about romans right now speaking to you in a spiritual uh, context the exile that we are living in right now is an exile of uncertainty it's an exile of fear and you and i really believe that we are living in the peak of this exile you know, we're living in a day that we, where we don't even have certainty or confidence in the currencies of the world. We live in a day that we don't have certainty about peace in the world, and 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 we we see the escalation of war in the world. We see the escalation of conflict between nations. We see we see such a fear and uncertainty all around us, and we've come to a place where you know we, it it used to be black and white. When we determine what nations we're going to trust, but now we're living in a day that we don't know who to trust. Amen. We don't know who to trust because there's so much uncertainty, and that's really the temptation and the experience of the of this Roman exile is uncertainty. But again, in during the month of a lull, it's a call of repentance. It's a call to return. It's call. It's a call to a return to God like never before. Amen? Again, I'm not speaking politically. I'm not speaking to you from, from any other place but from God's word and, and the prophetic word of God because prophecy is being activated even as you hear this word is that it, it's a call to God. It's a call to repentance. And what should we be doing during this time? Should we be locking ourselves up in our house and and doing... and and doing whatever. No, this is truly a time where we examine ourselves. It's a time of repentance. It's a time of being in God's word, a time of being in prayer, a time of seeking God, a time of fellowshipping with one another. And if you can't fellowship in person, you, you can at least fellowship online and through Zoom and through different means to keep the fellowship going with one another. Even as we are gathered here this evening, that we learn that we really commit ourselves to God's word and commit ourselves to one another. And really to encourage each other. And what should we be doing as the time of Christ draweth nigh? It we should be doing acts of gamilut hasadim, acts of loving kindness. And and that includes works of charity. That includes you know that you know it could include helping refugees, it can do, be doing whatever it takes to, to really make the world a better place. Amen. And I'm not speaking cliche here, but really we should be doing acts of loving kindness. Uh, d- during these times of uncertainty and i'm telling you you will be protected if you do exactly what i'm sharing with you here and god will protect you from the events that are gonna that will that are about to take place and i'm telling you we need to perform acts of loving kindness like never before amen and and the 11th horn is right here you know what i shared about the fourth the fourth beast which represents the roman exile but note what takes place we see the arising of 10 horns, which were 10 kingdoms. And then in the midst of one of those horns, we see 11th horn. That 11th horn is the days that we are living in right now. And I believe the 11th horn rose to power during the events that took place in 9-11-2001. And what we see in operation in Afghanistan and Pakistan and other places around the world with the rise of this of, of the most horrifying extremist terrorist group is that we have seen the rising up of the 11th horn and can you imagine in 20 years that really in my opinion the greatest world power in the world was not has not been able to take down this 11th horn and that's what we're seeing the western world the western nations do not know how to how to handle this 11th horn and and but these these are just the birth pangs for the coming of messiah and i just want you all to be open to what god is going to do be open to the word of prophecy because the spirit of god is at work and you don't need to fear what's coming just abide in him stay in him stay with him Stand for righteousness, do not forsake moral ways, do not forsake the the the, the unborn babies in the womb do, 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 do not compromise in our biblical truths but let's say let's stay truth to true to the to god's word and even though many Christian denominations have he have even compromised sound doctrine, let's not compromise sound doctrine, but let us be let us abide in God, let us abide in Christ Jesus and allow the holy spirit to work in you amen he is at work during these last days and he will take care of you he will take care of your families even though and i'm not saying there will not be casualties along the way but but i do want you to know that he is at work amen and i invite you all to be activated by prophecy tonight and tonight if you have your if you do have the book i do invite you to turn to chapter seven If you don't have the book, if you would like, I encourage you to get it. It's available on Amazon.com. Sister Jamila posted the links um, earlier in this this broadcast. And the word of prophecy will activate your understanding. And, And the way I like to teach this to you is starting with Genesis chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. And it reads, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And what we see t- taking place here are the events of, of creation. And, the, and, and we see the voice of prophecy active here. And what you see here in verse 2 is we see that void, the earth was without form and void. And in our lives, because the earth also represents all of us, when we don't have God's Word, our lives are without form and void. Our lives are in utter confusion. Our lives are, without, are in darkness, and we have no clarity. And God wants to bring us out of that place of, of confusion and bring us into the light. And how do you come into the light? I'm going to show you that in just a moment. And it's through prophecy, and prophecy is always moving. As we see in verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1, the Spirit of God was moving upon or over the face of the waters. And you see the Spirit of God, the Spirit of prophecy is moving, and He's speaking, and, and this Word is always operating. And prophecy is activated by the Word of God. What we see here the spirit of god was moving over the face of the waters the spirit of god cannot be activated the voice of prophecy cannot be activated unless we have god's word and as we are in god's word then the prophetic word will be activated and god's prophecy is not just historical it's current it's present it's relevant to what you are going through right now and just as water cannot be formed without the convalent bond, bond formed by two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. Prophecy cannot be activated in your life without God's Word in your life. And as you are in God's Word, and even as tonight you are receiving God's Word of prophecy, the Spirit of God is moving upon the face of His Word, and, and God is forming you, and He's bringing clarity, clarity to you. And what takes place? Verse 3 takes place. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And that light, light represents revelation. That light represents clarity. And the Spirit of God is going to bring you clarity. He's going to give you revelation. He's going to show you exactly what to do. The Spirit of God is, is going to become so active in your life. And as you uh, as you surrender to Him and invite Him in, He will speak to you. He will tell you exactly what schools you should put your kids into. He'll tell you exactly where, what neighborhood you need to live in. He'll tell you exactly what type of employment that you should seek. See, we don't need to live in confusion. We don't need to live in the darkness. We don't need to live in a place where our lives are without form and are void. We don't need to live in a place of happenstance or coincidence. We, we can trust in God's Word and we can trust in God and know that the Holy Spirit will direct us and, and lead us into all truth and He will bring clarity to our lives. And we don't need to live our lives in fear, but we can leave, live our lives in confidence knowing that He is governing every single aspect of our lives. And the temptation during this time is to only focus on ourselves, and to forget about everybody else. But that, that is the, rep, the recipe for failure and, and, and disaster. See, in the book of Ruth, which I don't think is much different than the days that we are living in today, what did Elimelech do during the days of famine in Ruth chapter 1? He took his immediate family and, and, and flew t- to Moab. And what took place in Elimelech's life? He died. And 10 years later, his sons died because there was no return. There was no repentance. And the recipe for failure is that you only focus on yourself. And that's what el did. He only focused upon his own himself and his own household. But the recipe to success is that you start looking beyond yourself and looking at the needs of others and looking for ways to take care of one another and really reaching out to those that you can help. Amen? You, you know, you can even reach out to Afghani families and to comfort them and, and, and to be there for them as they're going through such horrifying i mean just going through such horrifying things you know a couple weeks ago my wife and i met with a man from afghanistan and he mentioned one of his cousins the entire family was 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 killed by the taliban and he mentioned another family which is uh, also uh, related to him that he was trying to get out of afghanistan and he was talking about all the horrifying things that people were going through and the Taliban does not care what religion you are, whether you're Muslim, Christian, or what you are, because they, they, if, if you don't have their form of extremism, you are you are in serious trouble. And I want you to know that this is a time that we, need, we must pray, we must intercede, that we must be on our faces before God. I'm telling you, we will be held accountable if we don't intercede for those that are suffering in this world. Amen? Because it's no longer a time that we only focus on ourselves, but it's really a time that we really focus on the needs of others and, and to to really be part of what God is doing in the earth. And the voice of prophecy will bring you clarity. You know, the Apostle Paul shows us how prophecy is activated in our lives. And the word for, pro- the word for prophecy in Hebrew is the word nevuah. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it says, as I shared earlier in in the teaching, For now we see in a mirror darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall understand fully, even as I have been fully understood. So as the events, you know, so in our lives, the Spirit of God will bring us clarity. You know, the Spirit of God is not going to reveal every single detail of our lives to us, and we, we will not even see, but prof, we'll see prophecy unfold in our lives. You know, the book of Revelation we find to be a very complicated book. We find it very confusing, and it, and we should not be confused by we should not be confused by it, because the Spirit of God is going to unveil that book to us. And the one thing about when you look at prophecy from an eschatological perspective or from an end time perspective. We will not really understand it completely until the event has completely unfolded. And even when Daniel interpreted Pharaoh, uh, when Daniel interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams in the book of Daniel, you know uh, it wasn't you know, we didn't know about the first beast until all the events were completed, and the same thing with the second beast and the third beast and the fourth beast we will not understand all that takes place under the reign of the fourth beast until yeah. all the events unfold and now we are living under the days of the 11th horn but we will not under- we will not understand it in its fullness until all the events are uh, are are fulfilled amen but as they uh, as the events unfold then we're going to see through God's word that this that God's word does not lie that every single prophecy spoken by Jesus every prophecy given by Daniel the prophet, and all the prophecies that we see from Revelation chapter, I mean, from Genesis 1-1, all the way through Revelation 22-21 are, are, are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And we, we are going to see these events unfold. And and we are called to live by prophecy. Amen? Now, what I saw taking place, especially during the, the last election in America, is I saw so many Christians running to all these prophets whether the prophets are not I'm not going to address that tonight but one thing I I, I do want to point out is that I saw so many Christians running to this prophet and that one and this one and that one because they wanted to know what was taking place they wanted to understand who was going to win the election they wanted to know what was going to take place and and you know truthfully speaking I wanted I wanted to know too but you know but there was I, I believe there was a lot of error in what people were doing doing during that time and when the outcome was not the way that many of us expected, many of us, you know, were were, were were really disheartened. But you know what? Our our eyes were in the wrong place. We were seeking man for answers. Well, we are to this prophet, and this prophet is looking for answers. And really, you know, what we should have been doing is that we should have been running to God's word and asking the Holy Spirit how to pray and to show us the truth, Amen, and to ask Him to bring clarity and to show us how to pray amen because you know nothing in life is happenstance it's god at work in our lives it's god at work in the world and you know we're we're just we're you know very similar to a pawn on on the chessboard but it's 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 god that's directing all the events and in and every and we're all working in god's permissive will and god is allowing certain events to happen and, but, in the end, God will triumph, and God's will will triumph, and God's will will triumph among the nations. There's going to be a great move of repentance that's going to take place. We are going to see many nations turn to God, you know even many of the nations that became that were that became Christian, especially um Asia Minor that became christian, egypt, um Turkey, many of the nations that became Christian during the days of the apostles um are are no longer christian but i i really believe the days are going to come that we are going to see massive conversion of souls in these last days a massive conversion of souls in Christ Jesus the messiah is going to reveal himself to the nations and there's going to be a major move of repentance and at, at but satan is going to do all that he can to bring division and i really believe this covid vaccine is something that has brought brought major division in the world and i'm not going to tell you whether you should take the vaccine or not take the vaccine i will not use this platform to share my opinion but one thing i want you to know regardless of what what whichever way you go is that i really want you to know that who who is at work in these end of days it's satan and satan is doing what he does best and that is to cause division is to cause division and i and i really i'm calling all of you to unite in love and unity and intercession. I'm calling for many of you to even gather in groups and over the phone and over social media to gather in prayer and really to intercede for the nations, to intercede for this world, to intercede for souls for salvation and to pray for our our children and grandchildren and to pray that there'll be such a move of healing in, in, in the world. And... And in Romans 8 2 we learn for the law of the spirit of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Can you say that with me? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And Jesus operated his ministry with the spirit, with the voice of prophecy. And the word of prophecy was active in everything that Jesus did. mean everything that jesus said was prophecy everything he did because jesus is the living word of god he prophesied and he brought clarity and i want to give you one example of how jesus brought clarity and in in these last days we are going to see such clarity in the way we perceive scripture and we are going to learn how to use the tools that are in god's word and learn how to rightly divide god's word amen and in Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28, it reads, Our, It says, One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you not read what David did? When he was in need and was hungry... He and those who were with Him, how He entered the house of God, when Abiathar was high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with Him. And He said to them, The Sabbath was not made for man, nor not man for the Sabbath, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And when Jesus spoke, and when He interpreted the Scriptures, he was activated by the by the voice of prophecy when the group of pharisees that were here that challenged jesus that they, they were activated by the letter of the law but they did not understand the true interpretation of god's word about the sabbath and jesus rebuked them and corrected this particular group of pharisees who most likely were of the house of shammai and the Pharise- and, and jesus corrects them and tells them the sabbath was made for man and not man for the sabbath and Sabbath was created to save life and not lose life. And the, and the word of prophecy here was, and the interpretation of the scripture by the spirit of the law was, that it is permissible to break the Sabbath in order to save life. David and his men, the soldiers, were, were at the point of starving, and they needed, they needed to eat. And so it was permissible for them to eat this holy bread in order to save their lives and so and the teaching is here it is permissible to break the sabbath in order to to save life so by the letter by the spirit of the law jesus and his jesus disciples did not break the torah they actually fulfilled it because he correctly interpreted god's word amen and in in these last days we are going to learn how to see we are going to experience the lights because there will be light in the interpretation of the scriptures and Jesus will bring clarity in these last days and direct us into all truth. Amen. And and the Lord will divide the light from the darkness and we are going to learn how to be moved by prophecy. Amen. And when prophecy is active, you will always be on the move. David moved David lived his life by the by the activation of prophecy. Even when David pursued Samuel, when when David fled, when David fled from Saul, not from Samuel, when David fled from King Saul, and he escaped to Ramah, he was activated by prophecy because prophecy dictated everything he did. He did not even he did not even go into battle without inquiring of God God first because he was activated activated by prophecy. And what do you do when you're faced with calamity? What do you do when you're faced with calamity? What do you do when you're faced with the uncertainty of COVID-19 virus? What do you do? We should all do what David did. And he looked, he was the, we should emulate the man in the mirror, King David. As the sweet singer of Israel, he composed psalms for every occasion, for every human experience whether sadness joy challenges gratitude despair even being exiled from his kingdom by his own son absalom what did he do he he, he let prophecy guide him he let the voice of prophecy lead him and he inquired of god in everything as we see in first chronicles 16 verse 1 and they brought the ark and set it inside the tent and what i want you to do is we want to pitch the Ark of God in our tents. Our bodies, our tents, are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. And before we do anything, we should ask God in His Word and ask Him for the prophetic word and ask Him for direction in every single area. In these last days, I encourage you, don't do anything without seeking God first. Because the voice of prophecy is a place of kedusha; It's the place of holiness. And I encourage all of you to allow prophecy to guide you. Because prophecy is God's voice speaking to you. Even as God came to... The voice of God, the voice of the Lord, was walking in the Garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord walking in the Garden. And I want... and, and, And we see in Revelation chapter 1... We see the voice of the word of the Lord. We see Jesus; His voice is as the sound of many waters. And in Genesis chapter two, we see we we see the we see the river that splits into four river heads. We see the voice of many waters, and we see the voice of the Lord. As we learn from the Aramaic translation of the scriptures, that it was the voice of the Lord that the voice of the word of the Lord that walked in the garden. And in John chapter 1, it reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the same Word of God that we see in Revelation is the same Word of the Lord that we see in John chapter 1. And it's the same Word of the Lord that we see in in Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3. It's the voice of the Word of the Lord. And the voice of the Word of the Lord is the person Christ Jesus. Amen? He was there present and in His pre-incarnate form walking in the garden. And I want you to allow, because during the month of Elul, the month that we are in right now, and even as I get ready to close here this evening, just before I pray for you all, is that I want you to allow God's voice to be so active in your life and to allow Jesus to walk in your midst. I'm going to invite you to turn with me for, for a moment just to the book of Revelation chapter 4, and I'm going to go there myself, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, and it says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice, can you all say that with me, the first voice, which I heard, was as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you things, which must be Hereafter, and that's the voice of the Lord. That is Jesus that's calling you to come up and to be with Him. And even as you shut the door in your prayer closet, wherever you go to pray, as you shut the door and you take your word with you, He's gonna come. He's inviting you to come up and be with Him, and and to call Him in and to sup with Him and to be with Him. And He's gonna reveal things to you that you did not know. Amen? And he, and He's going to bring you clarity. He's going to bring you peace. He's going to bring you direction. Because you can be in the midst of your storm. And you can, you can all sing psalms together. You can worship together. And He's going to show you things. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto Him to show unto His servants things which must surely come to pass. Sh- that shall surely come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. And I invite all of you just to know who you are and the days that were coming in. And to know from verse 6 that he has made us kings and priests unto God and unto his Father. And verse 7 it says, Behold, he comes with clouds. Every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. And in verse 8, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. In Hebrew, the concept behind those words is He's the Aleph and the Tav. He's the first letter and the last letter of the Hebrew Aleph Bet. And He's the Aleph, He's the Omega. He's the beginning and the ending. He's the beginning before the beginning. He's the end after the end. And, and, and He is, He was, He is, and He is to come. He is the Almighty. And, and John says, I'm your brother and companion in tribulation. And we and, and that we are already in tribulation, but we have not in. But in my opinion, we have not entered into the seven-year tribulation period. But we are. But we are in birth pains, and I want you to know is is that you stay in Christ Jesus, you stay in fellowship, you stay in His Word, you stay in that place of learning, because one of the pillars of creation is God's Word. Another pillar of God's creation are acts of of loving kindness. And during this time, these are days that we need to be in God's Word. These are days that we should be in repentance. These are days that we should, because even repentance was created even before the creation of the heavens and the earth. And these are days that we need to surrender to Him like never before and that we should be agonizing in, 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 in intercession and to allow the Spirit of God to pray with you with groans that cannot be uttered and just and just to know the days that you're living in and know that he's taking care of you know that he will guide all the affairs of your life and and do not be afraid do not be afraid you know every time i in scripture when i read about god sending an angel to 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 speak to someone the angel often begins with the words do not be afraid and the words i want to share with you tonight as i close here is do not be afraid